You're listening to Faith That Works, a podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanny, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. We're going to be picking up our Sunday morning series called The Unseen Battle. We're going to be looking at the idea that the strains and struggles and stress of this life can impact our life because of the spiritual warfare that's happening in the heavenlies are the unseen places. We're going to be talking about how we can take authority over this and still have the joy and victory that Jesus has purchased for us. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned to the end for more information about our church. Ephesians chapter 6, man, you say, Pastor, are you always this fired up? Yep, 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 that's the plan until Jesus comes. That's the plan. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Let's look at the screen. Let's read this together. It says this. Read, I tell you what, read it with me. I know you've got your Bible. We're going to jump around. Read this verse with me. You ready? One, two, three. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are in a spiritual, not a playground, a battleground. It's bloody, it's rough, it, you feel it, right? You feel the tension, and some people will, will even say, well, we're in a political war. We're in a socioeconomic war. We're in a battle of classes. No, we are in a spiritual battle over forces in the heavenlies that you cannot see, but that exist. And you may say, Pastor, I don't really want to talk about this. This makes me nervous. You don't you have to talk about it, but it's happening. I, I don't really like to talk about the sky being blue because that's kind of offensive, and I'm not a big fan of blue, so I just prefer not to talk about the sky being blue. We don't have to talk about it, but that doesn't change the fact, am I right, that the sky is blue. There is a battle in the heavenlies. And we talked about it last week. You have three options. Usually, you know, the, the God's trying to do something in you when stress and strains come, right? Either you were just stupid and made a mistake or the enemy is working on you. But in every one of those situations, the enemy wants to come in to frustrate you. You'll feel it in the middle of a week. You feel tension rise up in you and you can't even understand why. Anybody hear that? You feel like heavy. You started out great, and all of a sudden you feel almost oppressed because there is a spiritual battle. There are forces that are warring against you. You have an enemy who hates you. For those of you that are married, I want to tell you real quick, the devil hates your marriage because your marriage brings God glory. And anything that brings God glory, the devil wants to tear apart and destroy. Not just kind of, oh, I'm going to upset them. No, he wants to destroy you. He comes, the Bible tells us, to steal, kill, and destroy. Look at this verse in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Do we have that as well? Look at this one. So be sober-minded, be watchful. Boy, if we need that, we need that today, don't we? Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I'm telling you what, he's having a heyday today. He is rampant. 
And can I just encourage you to do something? What we have in this place, and it's not us, but it's special. It's special. And so I'm asking you to do me a favor. I'm asking you to pray for the leadership of this church. That as we see the, the walls crumble of truth around us, that we'll remain strong. That we would be fortified. And when people are telling us to compromise, we will stand up and say, we will not compromise. We will not compromise. We will stand on the word of God. Listen, church, what else do we have? What else do we have? And people are going to want to do everything but stand on the truth. Man, I'm telling you, at the end, read your Bible. They're going to twist it. They're going to turn it. They're going to tickle ears. They're going to say stupid stuff. They're going to say Jesus is this and not this. Jesus is this and not this. Churches are going to fall. Pastors are going to say, we got a new way. We got a new way. We're going to, we got, we got a, a new truth. We got some new methods. And I'm telling you what, you better watch out. You better be mindful. You better be sober, minded, and watchful because the enemy is going to start taking churches out. I read this week that when we get on the post side of COVID-19, 25% of churches or pastors are done. A lot of pastors who are doing these online services can't wait till we get back to service so they can quit. They're out, it's too hard, it's too difficult. I can't, if I, I got this crowd I can't please, I got this crowd I can't please. I gotta be online, I gotta be in person, I can't. It's the same thing with teachers, they're just frustrated. And here's what I'm telling you, this is why we can't do it in man's power, we gotta do it in God's power. We gotta do it in God's power, we gotta do it in God's strength, and we gotta do it God's way. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I love you, but we're not building a church for you. Well, Pastor, you gonna do something I like? Probably not. What do you want me to do? Hit the road. I'm, you say, that's two times in the last few weeks I've heard you say to hit the road. Are you really want me to leave? If you want me to compromise, then yes. If you want me to build a church that's for you, then yes, we're building a church for Jesus. We're building a kingdom-minded church and we're gonna seek the lost, preach the gospel, and we're gonna declare Jesus and Jesus alone till it comes. You hearing that? Right? You know, are you upset? No, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. And so let's talk about this. So the enemy comes, right? Let's talk about how he comes to us. Let's look at some of these on the screen real quick. How he comes to us. So some of you, now, all right. I heard your cries last Sunday. I, I saw your death looks at me when I gave you nothing but lines. I took your nasty emails. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't get any of those. So what? So I'm coming up with a compromise. Don't get used to this. We'll call this first grade A. Then we'll go up to second grade, all blanks. Okay, I know I jumped you in the water big time. but So you're going to have a few blanks. But anyway, just take notes. Come on. We have an enemy. But what is spiritual warfare? It's a battle in the unseen world that we see in the seen world. You see it. It manifests itself. So how does it manifest itself? In your unforgiveness. I'm not forgiving them. That's fine. But now you're bowing to the enemy. That's what he wants you to do. I'm going to be bitter about this forever. Well, guess what? The enemy wins. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to, I'm going to be depressed. That's, that's a... That's a 
Everybody's got depression. And if you have depression today, I'm not coming against you, but I'm saying God can help set you free. God wants to set you free. Well, you know, I can't tell you how many people say, that's just who I am now. No, who you are is a child of God. Let him define who you are, and then you work through it. Don't label yourself that I'm this way forever. I'm working it out. God is making me better every single day. We have a lot of people that do a lot of self-loathing, right? You know, we love, we love parties, especially pity parties. People just like me. If I just had a better job, if I could just get happier, if I just had this thing or that thing, and when that cloud comes over you, the enemy wins. And what I'm trying to teach you to do today is to recognize your enemy and to understand that he's a child compared to you and the power that's in you. We're letting the dog tell the master how to live. Oh, that's so good. My daughter might have been a little offended by my Todd talk last week, but, you know, I don't, you don't think so? I tried to, we, my, I have a grand dog named Todd who's a girl. <laughs> Figure that one out. But Todd's like a little baby sometimes, you know, Toddles McToddles or something. Is that what she says? Toddles McToddles or something like that? Anyway, but how many of us or allowing the dog in our house to tell us how to live. In other words, we let the enemy, who's a dog, tell us we can't have joy. We let the dog tell us we can't do this or we can't do that. Or the enemy tell us, you're not going there, you're not going there. I refuse to let my enemy, who's a dog, direct my steps any longer. I think we have to start taking authority. Well, my marriage is just bad, just always gonna be bad. That's the dog telling you that. Well, I'm just never gonna overcome this issue in my life. I'm just gonna always be that way. Why are you listening to the dog? Does the dog say, hey, 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 we're not having dinner at the table, we're having it at the floor. Now get down here with me, let's lick it up off the plate. You're like, what in the world are you talking about? Shut up and get down here, let's go. You would never do that. But you let the enemy tell you you're gonna be this way forever. You let the enemy tell you you're just gonna be uh, no joy, no victory, no peace, that it's over, your kids are never gonna change, that you're never gonna get saved, that this person's never, never does that make sense? This, this finality of discouragement that the enemy wants to drop as a bomb. In our, am I relating to anybody today? And so we have to take authority over that. So here's what we're gonna talk about. Let's talk about how all this tension started. We've got to go back to the beginning. Now, I would love to say, turn in your Bible to the section that talks about how the devil got started. But it doesn't quite work that way. We have pieces of the story throughout Scripture. So we're going to jump around a little bit. And we're going to, I'm going to take you to before Genesis 1-1. Eternity past where the conflict, can everybody hear that when I'm saying that? Where the conflict between God and and Lucifer first started. So to, to think about that, so to go to Ezekiel 28 for just a minute. But while we're talking about that, so before Genesis 1-1, God created something else. Angels. He created angels. Some people think, well, angels have always been, just like God has always been. But angels have not always been because they're created beings. God made them. 
The only thing that's ever been ever, and it's hard, my mind gets stuck when I think God has no beginning. Because the kids like to say, well, who made God? Well, nobody made God. God always was. What? You know, what started God? He's always been. Always was. And he created angels. Now, before Genesis 1-1, what we've got is this heavenly place. We talked about the throne room of God. We've talked about in the heavenlies, we have God and his angels. Now, he made them in the image of himself, but not like us. He made them spirit beings. If you read your Bible, the Bible teaches us that angels are spirit beings. And in the same way, God reflects light. Right? You've read your Bible. You know that when God shows up, put on your sunglasses. What's going on? It's bright. Moses is like, Woo, he can't even handle the glory of God. He has to go in a cave, and then he sees the backside of God, and it still illuminates him. God is full of light, which we also call glory. Right? We talked about that. I, I find myself places in my sermons, I don't know how I get there sometimes. Last week, we were at the spotlight. We talked about the glory of God, and the glory of God fully illuminated is what we're after. God is after his glory, because if his glory is Full, then you can see the fullness of his goodness and his love. Everybody, everybody get that? We want to see the goodness of God. We want to experience the love of God. So therefore, we need the glory of God to illuminate who God is, right? So the angels are created spirit beings, and in the same way, they're full of light, Right? They're, they're, they're bright. When you read your Bible, an angel shows up and it says the glory of the Lord. The angels show up and all of a sudden, and somehow I can't wait to meet one because they're majestic. I mean, every time a Bible shows up in the Bible, the angel has to say, do not be afraid. Like, I'm awesome. I know I'm intimidating to you right now. A man sees an angel's like, holy smokes. And the angel goes, calm down. I'm not here to kill you. I'm just here to tell you. And so, so we know that angels are also messengers of God, right? So we've got spirit, being, light-filled messengers of God surrounding the throne room of God. God, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity exists, and angels. And there was an angel in the heavenlies by the name of Lucifer. Lucifer literally means the shining one. He was the top dog cherub. He was on the top shelf. There was not another angel in all of heaven at all like Lucifer. He was the Chris Tomlin of heaven. He could rock it. He was the worship leader, top cherub. There was nobody like Lucifer. In fact, in Ezekiel 28... The Bible tells us about this evil king of Tyre, T-Y-R-E. And at the end of a talk of us teaching about the king of Tyre, he tells us what be, is behind the king of Tyre. How many of you know when people do evil, it's because evil's influencing them to do evil? There's evil behind evil people. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So when we see evil manifesting, we're like, man, that dude is evil because there's evil behind him pushing him to do evil. So let's look at the, who, what evil was behind the king of Tyre beginning in verse 
12, sorry. Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God. Now, here is the description of Lucifer. You are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom, and per again, before Genesis 1-1, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Think about this. There was an Eden in heaven. We all know about the garden of Eden on earth. This is telling me that Lucifer had a place up in heaven called Eden. There was a home for Lucifer where he got to live in heaven called Eden. You were in Eden. Every precious stone was your covering. Uh, sardius, topaz, diamond, barrel, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. Can you, can you picture all these beautiful diamonds, rubies, stones? This is what covered Lucifer. He reflected this glorious. And then it tells us your settings and your engravings on the day that you were created, they were prepared. That word settings right there literally means sockets or pipes. You ever heard somebody expression, whoo, clean, that girl got pipes. Lucifer had pipes. Lucifer could let it rip. He was worship king of heaven. Verse 14, you were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Listen, till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor and I cast you to the ground. So let's talk about a couple things. The first thing was Lucifer was perfect. Lucifer was right there at God's throne and in charge, but Lucifer had an issue. His issue was, pride. He looked in the mirror and said, all right, all right. Look at me. I am the man. Y'all angels wish you looked as good as me. Can't nobody in the room sing like me. Can't nobody look at me. God looks at me and goes, "Woo!" And now all of a sudden, Lucifer thinks he's somebody. The problem is he forgot something very important. He was made. You understand that? In his beauty and in his talent, he was made. We have to be careful as people that we don't forget we can do nothing apart from God. I need you to hear that again. You can do nothing apart from God. If you want to be successful, because of God. If you want to have success or, or, or status or you want to be a certain place, it's only because of God. Don't ever forget, it's God that got you here. It'll be God that will get you the next place. It's only God. And Lucifer forgot that. He began to take pride in himself. He thought he was somebody 
special. And so it led to his rebellion. He began to think, I'm so good, I don't need God. And then he led this revolt to take away the glory of God and try to point it to himself. But I want you to see in Isaiah 42, 8, I think we've got that on the screen. Listen to this. I am the Lord, that is my name. Listen to this. My glory I give to who? No No other. God's not sharing his glory. Now you might think, why is he fixed on his glory? Because his glory is always perfect. If he gives his glory away, someone will corrupt it. How many people do you know that started with good intentions and then all of a sudden thought they were somebody and next thing you know, they've fallen? Because they realized, they they, they lost the idea that it was all about God, it's all about the glory of God, and they made it about themselves. And when God sees people make it about themselves, he takes their success away. You following that at all? And so that's important to realize that Lucifer caused a rebellion in the heavens. Now, let's look at Isaiah 14. For those of you that are ready to take notes, get ready. 12 through 15. Again, we have the Ezekiel 28. Now let's jump over to Isaiah 14. We see more of Lucifer's story prior to Genesis 1-1. You say, why do I need to know what happened before Genesis 1-1? Because it impacts Genesis 1-1, I'll show you. Hang with me. Lucifer exercised his will. Look at, look at this. So Lucifer then all of a sudden said, and can I tell you, when you say, I will do this, how many of you know that's a puffed up attitude? I will do this. Your kids say, hey, it's, it's time to go to bed. I will not. You will eat your collard greens. That actually happened to me one time. I will not. It did not go well for me. We rise up within ourselves and Lucifer said, even though he knew God's glory would not be shared, look at what he says. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly and the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like the most high. He's saying right there, I will ascend. I'm not coming for a visit, God. I'm coming for a takeover. I'm tired of being the middleman. I don't want to be the, the worship leader anymore, God. Hey, I should be right up there, right next to you. I'll sit on the mountain. God, it should be me that's in charge. I mean, God, I mean, you had your chance. You've been around a minute, but it's my time. It's my time to be in charge. I will ascend above the clouds. I want the praise. I want the glory. And I'll be like the most high. Think about the, how, how dumb that is to say I'll be like the most high, but he was made by the most high. He forgot his position. And so now there's a consequence. How many of you understand this? This is an important principle. You have the right to control your decisions. You will not control your consequences. Have you found that in your life? I want to make this decision. Absolutely. And here's your consequence. Wait a minute, I didn't choose that. Yes, you did. This is your consequence. So we love to have control over our decisions, but then we get the consequence of our decisions. So what? when, when Lucifer led this revolt, 
So in the heavens, he pulls all these angels and he tries to do this heavenly takeover. God in his glory and the angels and Lucifer says, I want to be in charge and he pulls some angels to his side. There's a coup in heaven. You hearing that? And God said, you got to go. I can't do this. You got to go. So what did he do? He expelled him. He's gone. Kicked him out of the heavenly places. And he took away his position and he cast him down. Now what he did was he cast him down to this empty space. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. So from the heavenlies, Lucifer and one third of all the angels have now been removed from heaven and now have come down to where we are now. Now also, I'll talk about this real quick. There is an eternal consequence for Lucifer. So a lot of you are thinking, why didn't he just wrap him up? And I'll tell you about that in just a minute. Because God is ultimately wanting to embarrass Lucifer for his glory. Watch this. We'll hold on to that for just a second. So understand that there's an eternal consequence. So how is this related? So watch this. I'm going to try to explain this the best I can and hopefully don't mess it up. So in Genesis 1, verse 2, I want you to see this verse. It says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. Now stop right there. Think about this. The earth was without form. This is now have become the earth. So there is an earth, right? So Lucifer and his angels cast down to earth, but it was without form. It was void. And the Bible tells us that darkness was over the face of the deep. So if you could think about a cosmic garbage dump for just a minute, and the demons, now called former angels, now demons, followers of Lucifer, now called Satan. And so now all of these people are just kind of hanging out down here. And God is up to something. God says, I am going to show off right now. I'm going to do something terrific. The devil thinks, see, nothing the devil thinks is his is actually his. It's all God's. You hear that? The devil will tell you, that's not yours, that's mine. And you have to say, no, no, it's God's. Everything belongs to God. Nothing belongs to the devil. He'll want you to think he has something, but that's the lie, and you can't believe it. It all belongs to God. So God says, okay, so now we come to Genesis. We don't know how long from the fall to Genesis 1-2. We don't know how long that is. But at Genesis 1-2, we see the spirit of darkness, void, and then God says, let's do something here. Light happen, seasons happen, stars go, sun move, season, plants, animals, birds. He began to make order out of the chaos. Isn't that what God does? Aren't you thankful that we have a God, when your life is chaotic, you can slam on the brakes and say, God, you gotta do something, it's a mess. And God's like, about time you said something. God is the God who makes order out of chaos. So anytime you feel like your life is chaos, can I challenge you to say, God, give me order. God, speak. God, speaks Because I love it. I love the creation. God spoke, and it was. God spoke, and it was. It didn't say God was like, whoo, let me get to work here. Hmm, buffalo. Whoo, it's going to be tough in there. Let's go. No, God just starts talking. I don't understand that. You can't understand that. God just speaks, and it is and it is, and millions and millions of galaxies begin to form and spin and in perfection. Now we have planet Earth. 
And so it's in that order then that God's up to something. So remember, I, I want to think about this. So God was up to something big because what he wanted to do was this. So now, we'll talk about this more next week about the original fall. But now what he did was, I'm going to create a creature. Rob, we were talking about this week, jars of clay. I don't know about you, sometimes I feel like that, just weak, especially in the morning when I first get up. Oh, Lord, I need your power today, right? We are formed in jars of clay. Now, the Bible tells me in Psalm 8, do we have that, Mike? Psalm 8, 3 through 6, watch this. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and you've crowned him with glory and honor. Now watch this. God said, I'm going to make somebody lower than the angels, but I'm going to put my power, your spirit lives within me, right? And so I'm going to put my spirit in a weaker creature, and because they will listen to me, follow me, and obey me, they will overcome an angelic. You need to hear that. You need to hear that. Because it's not me that overcomes angelic, right? Because you say, oh, people say it all the time, oh, pastor, oh, pastor, the devil, he, he, we say it in the South like this, he's powerful. No vowels, powerful. He's powerful, that devil, he's powerful. You got a powerful devil. You don't know who you are. You don't, you don't know who you are. You, you think he's powerful? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm sorry, I've got the power of the resurrected Jesus inside of me. And can I tell you just for a second, you know, for the longest time, some of you are old enough to remember this guy by the name of Carmen. If you've been around Christian music for more than I want to say, you remember this guy by the name of Carmen, and he had this song called The Champion. When I was a youth pastor, we used to do skits to The Champion. And it was basically a boxing match between Jesus and the devil. And they were going toe to toe. Bat like Rocky and Apollo Creed. Here go Jesus and the devil. Come, Jesus is down. Oh, he's coming back. Here comes the devil. Can I tell you, that song is false. Jesus could take out Satan in a New York second, no question. There is no question. Can you hear that today? There is no battle. Jesus could take, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a, mm, I shouldn't share this, but I'm going to. It's the weak side of pastor today. Sometimes I get stuck in the long line at the grocery store. And people are pulling out their pennies and their checks, and I'm like, holy smokes. And the Lord has to help me, because I'm in the self-checkout line, and somebody's got 117 items, and I got one. I'm like, what is happening? Why are you at self-checkout? And so I have this little game I play where I crush people's heads with my... <laughs> they don't know what I'm doing. Don't ever tell anybody. But sometimes I go... <laughs> and it just makes me feel better when I'm waiting in line. Just for a second. I know God forgive me, but 
It gives me something to do while they're going through their 117 items in self-checkout. Okay? Can I tell you, that's what Jesus could do to the enemy in a second. Pinch his head off. Lucifer, I made you. You're nothing to me. There is no battle. I'll crush you. I'll crush you. Are you hearing that? And so what did God do but give me that power? He gave me that power. He gave me his power. The power of Jesus is in me. And I let the devil make me scared. Fear. Got to go. You understand that? We've got to stop letting the devil tell us how to be. And we've got to rise up in victory in this day. Let's think about this just for a second. So what did God do? So when God created us and put his spirit in us, he gave us great grace. So watch this. So I know people would think, so let's go back just a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. Because God in the Eden of heaven, there was Lucifer. So what did God do but make an Eden on earth and put Adam in it? Take that, devil. You, you, can't, you can't destroy Eden. I'll make another one. I'll put a weaker creature in there, and I'll give him dominion. Lucifer's like, this is my world, planet Earth, garbage dump of the universe. It's mine. God says, get out of town. It's Adam's. It's Eve's. I give them dominion. You've got to go. Guess what belongs to you, devil? Nothing. You get nothing. And Adam, but say, well, but, but pastor, didn't you, didn't you read the Bible? Didn't you see that? Didn't you see that Adam and Eve fell? Can I tell you God always has a plan? Can I tell you that, that God's not shocked when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? He wasn't going, oh boy. What am I going to do about that Adam and Eve thing? What in the world? What in the world? He knew. He had a plan worked out. He sent second Adam. Oh, anybody hearing this this morning? He sent second Adam. And so the second Adam trumped the first Adam. And if we will give our lives to the second Adam, back to the garden we go. Back to the garden. I'm going back to the garden. Anybody hearing that? So even though the devil got kicked out of the Eden of heaven, man got kicked out of the Eden of earth, can I tell you, I'm coming back to the garden. I'm coming, and can I tell you, I'm going back to the real garden one day. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. For, for those of us that trust him, that love him, that have given their lives to him, we're going to heaven forever. But guess what? Here on earth, it's not just a waiting game. We need to have some heaven on earth. We need some Eden right now. We need the spirit of God to fill us up so we can have that right now. He's given us authority right now. He wants us to take our dominion back. We lost it in the garden. We got it back on the cross. And now we have to take it. We have to take it. Romans 5, 19 through 20. Listen to this, man. This ought to get you percolating. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were man's sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Verse 20. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Watch this. So where the devil said, I'll get in there and mess up Adam and Eve, God said, you can't mess it up. I'll send Jesus, and guess what? You just make me look better. Are you hearing that? Oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. 
I'll, I'll turn into a snake and I'll run them out of the garden and I'll foil God's plan. God says, do it. I'll kill my son and bring myself more glory. You can't see, watch this. The devil devises a plan every time and God says, I'll take that plan, trump that plan and just flip it back against you. He'll develop a virus and then flip it about. Oh, anybody hearing this? Anybody hearing this? My Lord. So God's always got a plan. He's never scrambling for answers. He'll use the, watch this. So, and let me apply this to your life real quick. You come with me? I have no idea what I'm doing. Come with me. So, all right, come with me right here. I don't know what I'm doing. Let's go. I got an idea. I got an idea. So I'm, I'm walking with God, Right? I'm in the garden. Let's just say that for example. Not the literal garden, but I've given my life to God, right? And so I'm walking on this path with God. And life, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's good. a good life. And so then all of a sudden, I say to myself one day, now nah, I'm done. I'm out. So I'm going to go, God stays there, and I'm going to go live my rebellious, sinful, sow my wild oats, do my dumb stuff. How many of you have lived this life and thought, what a dummy? What a dummy. And then there God waits. Now come back, God. And when I turn back to God, God will meet me where I'm at and put me back where I'm supposed to be he never gives up on me. He never quits. He never says you went too far. He never says I give up on you. He's a patient. And can I tell you, when God breaks through in that kind of grace and forgiveness, the devil just gets punched one more time. So for those of you that are thinking, I've done too much, thank you, God. And when you've done too much, I've gone too far, come on back home and give God a lot of glory. Just come on back home. It's time to come on back home and give God a whole, because, you, you, see, his, it's your comeback story that'll give God even more glory. It's the forgiveness of your sins that'll give God even more glory. The devil says you're down. Get up, get up, get up. And when you get up, the devil is a loser even greater than he was when he tried to push you down. And he wants to keep you down. You get up. And then all of a sudden, God says, I got another one. Got another one. God, no, devil, we can't have that one. Can't have that one, devil. Amen, amen. So God brought us hope. God brought us grace. God brought us forgiveness. God, the Lucifer is always trying to rob God of his glory, but man, we bring him glory. So watch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you two things. I'll be done. So this has been on me all week. Let's see if I can figure out the first one. So the first one, I'm gonna say it like this. Let's go to that last screen because I want, I want them to see these notes right here because my note people will go nuts if I don't give them this. We need to be on the offense and not on the defense. Okay, now let's go back to what I was talking about a minute ago about how we have power, right? Watch this. The enemy is very happy if you just stay a good Christian and stay hunkered down, got my back covered. And you say, and some of you, have taken on this position. I got my feet dug in. I'm safe. I'm good. And the enemy says, don't have to worry about them. 
Don't have to worry about them. And you may say, I don't, I don't feel that opposition. I don't feel that warfare. I don't feel that coming against. Right, because you're in the defense. He doesn't need to bother you. You're safe. Or you're safe to him. You hearing that? I'm on the defense. No threat. You're no threat to the enemy if you sit back here like this. Okay, now, what I want you to do, oh, did we bring the mail? We didn't bring any mail, did we? Forgot the mail. Okay, watch this. I had another thought. A premeditated one, which is going to be a good one. So, if we can stay on the defense, we're no threat to the enemy. So, I put it, you think, why is a mailbox up there? We have two opinions of the mailbox. Most of us fall on two places with the mailbox. There are two seasons of my life. A time when I hated going to the mailbox and a time that I didn't mind going to the mailbox. When I had no money, I hated the mailbox. Can you relate? Anything in the mailbox? Who cares? Got nothing to give them anyway. I'm broke. People gonna want your money. Well, they can come get it because they ain't got it. So you don't even open the mail. And it piles up. Why? People say, you don't open the mail. When you're broke, you just don't. But then there's the other position of, I got money, I ain't scared. Water bill, done. Electric bill, done. Car payment, done. Why? I've got money. I'm not worried about the mail when I've got money. Are you hearing this? I'm not worried about the devil because I got Jesus. I'm rich. I'm rich. I don't have to be scared of the mailbox and I don't have to be scared of the devil. Come on, devil, I got Jesus. Bring it, because Jesus is going to you out. <laughs> Are you hearing that? Are you hearing that? We walk around a defeated, scared out of our mind. Pastor, did you see the news this week? Guess what, I didn't, I don't care. What are we going to do about Washington? Could care less. I got kingdom work I'm doing. I got kingdom work I'm doing. Now, that doesn't mean I'm completely oblivious and I'm going to stick my head in the sand, but I'm not going to let it dictate my mood on Monday. I'm victorious. I'm rich. I've got Jesus. I'm going to start walking like I got money. If you got money, you like the mall. Let's go shopping. Let's go. You know, hey, we've got $5 in the bank. Want to go to the mall? Probably not. Unless you just want to get a slushy and share it. How's that sound? That sound appealing to you? Mm, let's stay in tonight. How about that? We'll pop popcorn. Well, you see what I'm saying? It's time that the church get off the defense and get on offense and let's go. The gates of hell will not prevail. What James tell us? Listen, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's not what I'm saying. Pastor, you're telling us some good words. I'm just telling you what God says. Resist the devil. What will he do? He's going to hang around. No, he won't. He's a punk. He's scared of you. Resist the devil, he'll run. You say, hey, you have these thoughts in your mind. It's not going to work out. You're not going to make it. You're going to always be alone. You're never going to have enough money. The sickness will never leave. You're never going to have any money. Shut up! I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You don't tell me. I tell you. 
Get out of here, devil. You ain't got time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Because here's the thing. If he can keep you, keep you backed up, if he can keep you backed up, are you hearing me? Oh, oh, you're, he's, you're safe. You're no threat. Oh, I'm just going to, okay. All right, I'm going to stay here, devil. You just leave me alone. Come on, man. Come on, we ain't got time for that. We're at the end. We need the army of God to rise up. So, I'm going to show you a video clip, and this is my final ending. Rob, you good with that? Pastor's always saying one more thing. Five things later. So, I watched Popeye the Sailor Man growing up. Anybody remember who Popeye the Sailor Man is? I'm going to show you this Popeye video, and I'm going to narrate it. Now that's the devil beating us up. You seeing that? The quality's not great, but it makes sense. There's the devil. That's you, Popeye, the church. But Popeye knows I need something. I need the Spirit of God. I need the Word of God. I need truth. That's where my power comes from. I got to work to get it. There it goes. The Spirit of God. Watch, got him go to work. Time to go to work. Time to go to work, Popeye. Got to take that devil. Take that darkness. Take that enemy. Don't have time for you. Anybody hearing this? We need some Popeyes. Now, Mike, get ready to press pause in a second. I want you to press pause. Go, olive oil. Cheer him on. He's going to use the twister. Watch out. Get, pause it right there. And at the end of the day, spinach gets the credit. Now listen, because what gave you power, you fly that flag. Popeye didn't put his face on that flag. You hearing that? Popeye didn't say, look what I did. Hmm. You give the credit where credit is due. When you overcome the devil, it's because of the spirit of God, the word of God, the truth of God. It's not you. You fly that flag. You fly that flag. You give God all the glory. And listen, here's the thing. Let's, come on, let's be Popeye. Now, the problem is, now watch, watch this. We all want to be Popeye, no one wants to eat spinach. No one wants to eat the spinach. Everybody wants to be Popeye. No one wants to eat spinach. Well, guess what? It doesn't work like that. Well, pastor, I'm just looking for that strength. I never read my Bible. I never pray. I come to church just sometimes, and the Spirit of God rarely fills me up, but I want to beat the devil down. Forget it. Forget it. You're done. You're done. You're going to just keep take keep getting a beating every single day. And that's why you feel beat up. Did, did he not say he would give us weapons for the tearing down of strongholds? Did he not promise us that we would overcome? But are we going to do that in our own strength? We will not. We will not. You're not strong enough. But when the Spirit of God, the Word of Truth, when the Holy Spirit, when the spinach of heaven fills you up. 
then you can knock the devil out. You can now, now, I'm not on the offense. I mean, I'm not on the defense. I'm on the offense. Resist the devil and he will flee. But the, get, you following today? Come on, let's give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.